Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am so excited today because here with me, Vicki, is our friend Leah Neiman. And Leah's been an old friend to us Seven Sisters for, gosh, a bunch of years since way back in the day I taught a course for her on um, Kirklick back. That's, that's, we're getting to old history there. Um, so anyway, Leah um, is our subject matter expert on all things digital and just one of the most insightful and polite people that I know. And so I wonder, Leah, if you would say hi and then kind of tell us about your homeschool journey. Yes, thanks. Well, you made me sound so good in that introduction. <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so my homeschool journey started um, when my daughter was really preschool, kindergarten. Um, we had moved out to Illinois after my husband got out of the Navy, and our thought was to um, put her in private school, and that just didn't work with his schedule. So um, we brought her home, and we began homeschooling, and we homeschooled all the way through. So my son came behind her and he, he, we homeschooled him all the way through as well. So um, somewhere along the way, um, you'd mentioned Kirkclick. So yes, we like, launched with a friend, um, a store that we offered downloadable curriculum. And then we kind of launched into live online classes because the technology had just began for those classes. And that kind of threw us into this whole online world. Um, so that's kind of just a quick little Reader's Digest version of our um, our my homeschool journey and our life. But both my kids have now graduated from our homeschool and went off to college and are in their young adulthood now. And so they're busy living life. So there is evidence that there is life after homeschooling. Yes, and, and, and it's <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Yes, and it's and it's very full as well. There, yeah. I, my initial thought was that it would kind of settle down and and slow down a little bit, but that that does not, in fact, happen. Yeah, and I think <laughs> God has other plans. Like you think you're going to relax? I don't think so. so. Yes, exactly. So what you have done in the last few years, Leah, has really been a blessing to me because I'm of the generation of the digital immigrants. So. We're always a step behind in all things digital. So whenever I have a question, I just go to leahneeman.com because Leah knows. So Leah, I was wondering if you could tell us about your website and the work you do about digital things. Right. So a lot of what I do, and this really kind of spun out of when I was with Kirkclick and we began doing the live online classes, um, we began to see this trend in that there was a little bit of a disconnect between the digital immigrants, the parents, and yeah. the digital natives. Um, so in, in some lack of understanding between um, what we should be doing online and privacy and safety and what we should not be doing online. So I began at that time um, looking into privacy issues, and we began doing education with both our parents and our, our students and what they should be saying in the online classroom, even in that closed classroom that we knew was safe, but, um, you know, did have the potential to um, have privacy issues potentially. So we began doing some education and that kind of threw me into this world of technology. So um, we also had had a lot of parents coming into our booth when we were doing conventions 
asking us um, questions about technology and safety within um, the social platforms. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, because they didn't know where else to go to get the information. So I began speaking about that, heavily researching it. We were already using those platforms as a company because we were um, doing you know, communication on that with our, our followers. So it just kind of became a natural thing that I began um, stepping into that world. And, you know, as we know, wherever parents go, kids don't want to be, right? <laughs> so right. the minute all the parents invade Facebook, our kids want to go to Instagram and now all the parents are there. So the kids go to Snapchat and they go to other yeah. platforms. So it just yeah. kind of opened up this um, world to me and um, I love it. And it became kind of a passion for me. So um, out of that sprang what I do now at com, which is just really researching um, technology. Um, all the apps um, that parents need to know about. And I, I write about those and I really dive into them. So that's exactly a great transition to what I'd like to talk about today, because those of us who aren't experts in all of these social apps and all the digital world are kind of overwhelmed by the, oh my goodness, you know, what are the things out there that are negative for our kids or dangerous for our kids? And, and what are the things that are positive and can be helping them grow educationally and socially? So I wonder, Leah, if you could kind of give us a, an overview of the social apps that the kids are using these days and which ones we need to keep our eyes on mostly. Mm -hmm. So I think when we talk about social apps, it's really easy to just, you know, read something in the media because we hear the worst, right? We hear the best oh, yeah. and we yeah. hear the worst. And then just to label an app, oh, this is a bad app. And it's very confusing to sort through that. So as a parent, what you want to look for in any social app is what are those privacy settings? Is there a way to limit those privacy settings so that my child's account is not public? Um, can I block and delete? Is that easy? Um, and what sort of information is my child's location going to be just publicly out there? So if you look in an app and you're not able to, to make those changes to protect your child's um, identity and the privacy of you know, where they live and their data, then immediately as a parent, you should need to have concerns. So that's kind of number one. If you can kind of you know, look at an app and determine that, um, those are some safety issues right there as a parent. You need to say, okay, we need to evaluate this app and, and maybe say no to it, especially that's if you have a, a young child. Yeah, that's such good guidelines because, yeah, especially the, the young teens who don't have discernment skills. Mm -hmm. If we parents know, okay, we can check privacy and I'll write what you just said in the show notes in case anybody missed that. And we'll also put links to all the wonderful articles you've got on leahneeman.com. But if we have kind of a mental structure that we parents can do to say, okay, this is another new app. I'm going to look and see if this looks like it's got a safety feature for my kid. Right, right. So we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that you want to look for, and it's this is along those same lines, is there are some apps that are targeted to kids that have what we call content buckets. So they'll say, okay, well, we do allow adults on this app. It's marketed to kids, but we kind of divide it up. So so we have a, a content bucket for ages 13 to 17. Then we have a content bucket for ages 18 and above. But are those really segmented out? And is it mm -hmm. easy for an adult to jump into 
that content bucket for ages 13 to 17. And you'll see that a lot in apps that um, will be labeled kind of like dating apps or, you know, they'll call it Tinder for teens and things like that. So uh-huh. um, you'll see one of the one of the big apps, it, it's Yubo now, but it was called, it was it's formerly Yellow. So they have two content buckets, but it's very easy to go in and set up an account um, as an adult and get into that content bucket for ages 13 to 17. So as a parent, you can, you know, you can quickly see that there's a, a safety issue there. Um, a young child may be talking to um, someone that's an adult and not realize it, um, not realize, okay, I shouldn't be posting. This is where I hang out all the time or I'm going here. Um, so you start to run into some of those safety concerns. So when you're talking about apps with your child, you, you know, you really kind of look at some of those, some of those issues and it's a good time to walk through that with your child. Um, I think a lot of parents get really intimidated and they just kind of, they read something and they immediately just don't want to have a conversation with their child yeah. and they just kind of yeah. say no and shut down and conversation stops. And what that does with your child is it, it teaches them, okay, we're not having a conversation, but they're still having conversations at school and with their friends. And it kind of pushes them into the dark, right? So they're doing these things or they're exploring these apps, but without you. So you want to have these conversations with your child and explain to them um, the safety issues and have really open conversations. And I think as parents, um, we're scared by that or it, fe- it feels uncomfortable. But in actually in doing that, we're keeping our kids safer. Yeah, and I, I can't jump up and down about that enough is that any topic that we parents avoid is an open place for confusion or danger. And so to talk about the, the, any, any digital or any public engagement that a kid has, they, you know, what are the safety things and what are the dangerous things? Because the world does unfortunately have predators. And I, in my work as a counselor, I've, I've helped with some of the healing of the damages mm-hmm. uh, where those situations have arisen. So yeah, talking about it is so, so, so important for parents, even though we feel overwhelmed and confused. We need to, to get it out on the table so kids know that it's okay to talk about with our, their adults. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what are some apps that you are seeing um, like middle schoolers and high schoolers using most frequently these days? So definitely apps like, um, you know, there's high schoolers and middle schoolers, they're still on apps like Snapchat, but they're moving to apps like Yubo, um, which, you know, people have labeled Tinder for teens. They're definitely moving to apps like Live Me and Live Lee, which we call those live broadcasting um, apps. And so we're familiar with the term live streaming, um, but we now say live broadcasting. So there's a little difference in, in those two terms. So live streaming we kind of go into live streaming with the content that we're going to present in our head. So when I do a Facebook Live, I know what I'm going to talk about. Um, and I do love it when my audience engages and I want them to ask questions and things, but my content is kind of, I'm going to be talking about maybe YouTube safety or I kind of have in mind what I'm going to be talking about. That's yeah, live streaming. Yeah. The little kind of difference with live broadcasting is that's all about connecting, connecting, connecting. 
So when someone does a live broadcast, they'll use a, a platform. Um, really, you can use any platform. So when we use the term live broadcasting, the, it's more like the goal is different. So um, with live broadcasting, someone will go live and their intent, it's not so much that they have content that they want to share. It's they're, they're wanting just to connect with their audience. So it's just a social event. It is. It is. So, so as a parent, why is that a little bit of a concern? Well, because if your teen's focus is connecting, 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 who are they connecting with? Who's on that platform? And um, it's like being in just a big, think of it as being in just a big, huge arena or at a mall. And the goal is just to connect, connect, connect with strangers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You know, you know so... So that's where you get into a lot of these situations where, um, you know, people are saying, hey, do a dance or hey, you know, why don't you sing a song or hey, and it's this constant and teens do that because the, really they're broadcasting whatever the community is telling them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about the brain of a teen and then you start to begin to understand like, okay, why would my teen do that? Or why would they, you know, behave in that way online? And it's really the intent of why the difference between live streaming and live broadcasting. So it's kind of um, when you really dig into it and kind of understand like why we, we begin to do live streaming versus live broadcasting, why some of those situations can happen that put our teens in kind of a vulnerable position. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of those, you know, platforms kind of lend themselves to that sort of a situation more naturally because that's what people do on that platform. So those are are then not texts or, or photos so much, but actually live broadcasting apps. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So things like Live Me, Live Lee, um, and they're they're popular because number one they're targeted to teens. They, mm-hmm. they, they look and they appear, they appeal to mm-hmm. teens. And, um, y- you know, they're a place where teens can really just go and unwind. You know, they're, they, they're everything that really kind of teens like, and they have a draw. Um, so that's something. And as a parent, you know, again, that's when our teens talk to us about those or they, or the conversation comes up, we have such a hard mind, a hard time wrapping our mind around it. The conversation quickly dies. <laughs> our yeah. teens, our our teens mention it, and and we look at it and just go, I, I just I can't imagine we, like what would yeah, be a no brain about it. For it. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. But we really need to dig in and ask our teens questions, like, well, what do you like about it? Really ask them questions, and it's not that the end result is. Um, no, I don't want you <laughs> live broadcasting, but really get to the heart of why they're, what, what's the draw for them so that you can kind of peel back the layers and begin to have a conversation yeah. about safety and privacy and, and all of those sorts of conversations that you need to have with them. Um, TikTok yeah, conversation, is, conversation. Yes, yes. Um, the other one that I need to bring up is TikTok. That's mm-hmm. really big. And it's, it's, there's adults on there. Now, which which was kind of a surprising thing to me, um, how it's growing, but it's like the number one. It's been the number one downloaded app in the Apple Store. It comes, it kind of comes up. It's number four, I think, right now. But um, it's it's not going away. It's it's 
really a big player. Um, and it kind of as Vine dropped off the market, um, TikTok came up. If you're not familiar with it, it's, it's yeah. Musical.ly. So Musical.ly is now TikTok. Um, and the thing about that is it has a real big draw for um, young kids. So you'll see a lot of kids that, you know, the terms say 13, but you'll see a lot of kids there that are, are even younger than 13. Uh-huh. And what's the draw for the younger kids for TikTok? I think it, it's, you know, it's little videos. You can create little skip uh, little skits. Um, it, it, they take little pieces of music and they'll have a challenge every day. So it's really kind of just dancing or lip syncing. To, uh-huh. to music. They have a duo thing. So they'll get on there with their friends and do duos. So there's a, a lot of features that just really appeal to that younger audience. So it's cute little stuff. And what would be the concern for parents with TikTok? So the concern is um, there's there the privacy. So a lot of kids, a lot of young kids create their own accounts and parents aren't aware of any of the privacy settings, so it's public. Um, and there, there are adults on there, so there's there's that. There's also the you know being able to direct message, being able to share it out on other platforms, and people message you. So a lot again, a lot of it comes down to parents not being aware that their child has created an account. And when kids create accounts, generally they leave the default settings. Um, the exact way that they are. They don't go in and change any of the privacy settings. So you have a lot of kids uh, on these apps. You also have, um, I, when I set up in Tessie's accounts, um, it's always really interesting to me. I will immediately get messages from it, predominantly young kids who are trying to grow their account because these apps are all about um, you know, audience, growing your audience. So uh, I will always get messages from young kids who are trying to grow their account and with, Hey, follow me. And it's so, so scary to me as an adult who researches this because I just want to reach through and say, Oh, sweetie, don't, don't message me. Like you don't know, you don't know that I am who I am. Right. So my face looks probably kind and motherly to them, but they don't know that I'm not a, you know, a 38 year old man who wants to harm them. They, they don't really know that. Um, so that's always such a scary thing for me when I receive these messages from, you know, young kids that I know are eight, 10, you know, and that, you know, that I'm going to just drop a hint for a future, um, episode. We're going to talk about social media audits and that's, uh, one of the services that Leah offers and it's a good comfort to us mothers who are clueless, you know, how to look out for our kids. So mm-hmm. All right. So the, but the digital world isn't all terrifying. So I don't want to give everybody high blood pressure and make them feel hopeless. So Leah, could you tell us some of the positive things in the world? Like you have a marvelous series on your um, website about different apps that are awesome for education. Yeah. So I, I love apps. Um, There are some really great educational apps out there and apps are really good for, being able to track the progress for our child. So there's some really good spelling apps. So if we have a child that's struggling with spelling and we can see their progress within the app. So, you know, if they're um, really struggling with um, maybe like SH, right? You can put them in an app. You can see how they're doing. Are they, you know, understanding that particular concept that they're 
um, that they're working on. And it's, it's kind of a low pressure way for a lot of, of kids. You put a worksheet in front of a child and yes. they just kind of have a meltdown. They feel like it's work, but apps are yeah. a way to, that, that we call it gamified learning. So um, yeah. there are lots of things and it's not just spelling, it's math. Um, there are lots of great coding apps. So uh, yeah, you're right. I have a whole series on my website um, of best apps. It's broken down by subject, by grade. Um, and th- those are great ways. And then there's also apps that really help us with our productivity. So there are a way that as families, we can connect, you know, stay all on the same page, calendar apps. Those are really great for like your middle school, high school, mm-hmm. college age mm-hmm. students. So how do we, the, that's the age where students are really beginning to take like a bigger project and they're needing to like kind of work on it over time. So your, your child that gets very overwhelmed by that. Think of your child that you tell them to go into their room and clean their room and they just have a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> they can't even yeah. begin. Okay. That's your child that, you know, when they get to college and they, they have a huge research paper, they need to be able to have the skills to break that paper down and work progressively mm-hmm. through it. So mm-hmm. apps that um, they can kind of break down projects and segment it. So, okay, today I'm working on the research and, you know, tomorrow I'm beginning to um, look, you know, use this book and write, write my points down and then I begin to write it. So apps that help kids begin to learn how to do that are awesome. And then when your child goes off to college, they're able to do that for themselves, but using those apps. Um, I, I use those apps even in my everyday life working. So I have, um, something that I'm researching for a brand and I break that project down and it's comes up on my calendar. So I know today I'm working on this and tomorrow I'm working on that. So what app do you, are you using for your project? So right now I am, I break things down using Google and I use OneNote. So Uh I Uh use OneNote to bring all my research in. And to break things down and project it out. And then I put it onto Google Tasks and it shows up then on even my calendar. And even using Google Tasks, I can, if I get an email that ties into something, I can show it that that ties into that email. So if I'm working with someone on a project and that email corresponds to that, it will, and that's what's worked for me. But there are, um, I have a whole list of apps on in my, apps for college section that, that work really well for college students. Um, and then even a lot of companies, they use apps like Trello and Asana. Um, so it's really a good idea to even for college students and even high school students to begin adapting to those now, because those are common apps that companies use. And if you have some level of knowledge and are familiar with how those flows work, um, it's it makes that transition into yeah. workflow easier for you. Yeah, and it's it's when you gamify things or make things in in the just the visual way that that apps can do for a lot of people. It really helps them, especially the young ones, to move forward. You know, they actually can can make progress with scheduling or organizing or just paying attention to what they need to be learning. So yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the apps like Trello and Asana, they're all about like working with a team. So you're communicating with other people. In fact, that's, I use Asana with um, someone that helps me with my graphics and things. And so um, we started this year using Asana. So then we can communicate and see the flow and, okay, I need to assign some more graphics and we can 
I can see her progress in them and if there's any questions or anything like that. So it's all about using those apps, but communicating with your team, which, you know, is actually something that um, a lot of employers are looking for. Okay. Can you Absolutely. Like it's, it's a digital soft skill. It, yes. And it's really puts people ahead. So, so I'm, I'm definitely linking to that series there because you've got best apps for history, math, spelling, science, reading, music, art, coding, and then special needs, preschool, elementary, high school, college, and Google Play. And so, I mean, there's all kinds of, of best apps. And if Leah has checked it out, like it's something that you can go like, yeah, yeah, okay, it, it must be legit. So Yeah, I actually play. I tell people all the time, my job is really hard because I have to play with apps. <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. so, <laughs> it's actually the really fun part of my job. <laughs> So for you, that's fun. To me, it would be overwhelming. So, <laughs> All right. Then there's there's one other thing I wanted to just hit on real quickly. And because there's just so much going on in the digital world and to help just kind of initiate the conversation. Um, a lot of young folks these days, you know, high schoolers and college students on down to the younger ones are enjoying playing online games. So there's a lot of talk back and forth on, you know, playing a a group game digitally with, you know, people online. Is that something that is legit or good or not? And so I was wondering what your thoughts are on that, like what what to think about as we wrestle through those ideas. Right, right. I I actually am one of the parents who thinks it's good. Um, So with that, you want to know who your kids are playing with. So I, I used to tell parents we homeschooled and we did co-ops, right? So I would. So if you're not familiar with that um, term, co-op, so it's like a group of parents they get together and you decide on classes that you want to teach and activities that you want to do. Um, but I would never take my kids to co-op and just drop them off blindly and hey, go on in and I'm not sure who's there or just have a good time. <laughs> you that don't take your so kids. Yeah. Yes, you don't take your kids to any activity. And just, and just drop them. Yeah, and just <laughs> drop them off without knowing, you know, the adults that are in charge. And that's with anything. Um, yeah. So don't put your kids in an online gaming environment or online anywhere and just, hey, have a good time and don't check it out. Um, so set your kids up, make sure that their gaming environment is safe and that you know who's there and keep an eye on that. But Gaming is is a great way for kids to connect with their friends. And what we're seeing is that our kids are playing with their friends and that they're chatting. So it really, it's an extension of the playground. Um, and yeah. what I've seen is kids are helping each other. They're working in community. So that whole, the soft skills, right? So they're mm-hmm. they're helping each other. Hey, I can't get through this door. And they're telling, oh, pick up this key. And Get through this. So there's a lot of communications. It's not that they're just gaming and ignoring yeah. each other. They're actually communicating. They're working together in teams. Um, but you know, the the whole idea that um, our kids are just in these environments and they're not working together is is not true. But but kids need supervision. They need guidance. They need to. We need to make sure that they are in a safe environment. Yet we don't take them to the playground and drop them off. Right, and it's 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 just a digital version. And uh, so it's it's one of those things that that those of us of of the digital immigrant generation are going to have to wrestle through. You know, are these real 
interactions? Are these real relationships? Because we're used to only counting things if we're making eye contact with people. And um, these these kids are online making relationship contact digitally, and it's very meaningful to them. Right, right. And as a parent, these are great conversations to have with our kids over dinner or when mm-hmm. we're having any, um, you know, any downtime in the car while we're driving, you know, ask them about the games they're playing. If they mention a, a child's name or a username of someone that we don't know, ask them, oh, like, you know, how did you meet them? Tell me, tell me a little bit about them. Our kids, what I find is our kids want to talk about these online friendships because they're meaningful and they're true friendships. When we open the door and allow them to talk, they'll share these friendships with us. Yeah. And we really should get to know these friendships and value them the same as we do their, you know, re- their true, their friends that we would meet in the classroom or any other place. Yeah. And that it, it comes down again to conversation that we parents have to be involved in our kids' lives and have to be interested and approachable with our kids and actually spend the time with them so that they can have a, a listened to, you know, conversation where they, they feel free to talk and we listen and then we can help them develop discernment and wisdom skills. Yes. So my, my only caveat with, with, um, you know, the, the gaming besides knowing who your kids are playing with, um, is that as long as they have a balanced lifestyle, it's the balance, you know, like watch the balance, um, that they need to be outside and getting sunshine and getting exercise just as much as they need the, the different kinds of social interaction. Absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. If your child's mm-hmm. coming home from school and they're only wanting to game and you're having trouble getting them to do homework, getting them to go outside, get exercise, you know, eat. I mean, I've talked to parents, they were like, my child literally will not eat that then. Yeah. You, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. really need to start exploring, um, exploring those issues. So, yeah. and, and that's really true for anything. Um, yeah. And that, right. It's, and it, it's, yeah, a whole different conversation there, you know, on, on how you parent when, um, kids want to sit, but mm-hmm. you know, kids were doing that watching television exactly. back in the old days. So yes. it's, yeah. uh, you know, we, we tend to, as human beings just want to sit mm-hmm. and to have a balanced lifestyle where we're caring for spirit, soul, and body is a, a good thing. But anyway, that's another one. Right. Um, so, okay. So Leah, tell everybody where they can find you in the digital world. Right. So you can, my website is leahneeman.com. You can find my articles over there. You just click on blog at the top. There's tons of articles. Um, I have some e-guides for many of these apps, um, YouTube, TikTok, um, pretty much all, all of the major apps I have e-guides for. So you can find all those on my website. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I have some videos on YouTube, Instagram. So you can pretty much find me anywhere, but I'm pretty active on Facebook. So you can find, I post lots of um, information, like up-to-date information on mm-hmm. my Facebook mm-hmm. page. So if you're the parent and you're feeling like, oh, I really want to stay up-to-date on things that are happening in the social world, uh, definitely my Facebook page is the place to go. And I have a newsletter that goes out every week as well. So you can sign up for my newsletter on my website and you'll not only get um, a free set of tech talk 
um, for parents kind of questions that you can ask your kids, Uh, um, uh which is really helpful, but you'll get a weekly newsletter with, um, you know, things that are applicable for families that are happening in the technology and social media world. Well, that, that is such good resources. Yeah. I, I know that on your Facebook group, you have some really good informative Facebook lives. And uh, so it's really up-to-date information that comes along. Yeah. Yeah. I try to put out, I try, and I try not to grab things from the extreme, you know, mm-hmm. um, either. And if there is some news that comes out, I try to jump on and do a Facebook live and, okay, let's talk through this. And what are the main mm-hmm. things that we're concerned about? Um, because like I said, a lot of th- times when things come out, um, that's a, maybe a safety issue with our kids. We're dealing with a story that's, you know, kind of on the extreme. And yeah. so what do we need to do to protect our kids or our family? Yeah. So it's wise, but not hysterical. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we'll put links to all of those things in the show notes. And Leah, thank you for joining us and kind of getting us into your busy schedule. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Mm -hmm.